Hello and welcome to another episode of Faithfully Unafraid. I'm your host, Jana. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Buckle in. We're going to continue talking about different Christmas kind of topics and um, just things that I kind of want to discuss in December. So today's topic, not to be a Debbie Downer, but I want to talk about when the holidays are hard. Um, I know a lot of this probably will resonate with a lot of people. Um, everybody knows the holiday season is a joyous time and just a time for family and friends and getting together. And there are just a lot of every day, no matter if it's holidays or not, there are a lot of people that are hurting. There are a lot of people that, um, are brokenhearted over lost loved ones or, you know, whatever that maybe they're in, um, bad circumstances or not a ideal situation or whatever. And the holidays can just be a terrible time for depression. I mean, seasonal depression is a thing, y'all. Like, I mean, you can look up the science behind all of it. A lot of it's to do with the sunlight and, you know, our limited time outside and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But for me personally, I've experienced this because if you, a lot of y'all know me in real life, so you know our story, but um, my husband and I went through infertility for almost six years before we had um, my daughter. She is five years old now. And uh, in that time, we lost seven babies then. We had my daughter. 17 months later, we had my son. And this past year, in January, we found out that we were pregnant again. And we lost that baby um, very early on. So we have we went through six years of infertility almost and then had two toddlers, two under two. And then um, we've lost our eighth baby this year. So it's been a journey and a process. Um, and I think I never really understood. I mean, I never understood pain and loss and grief. Oh my goodness. Um, I never understood any of that until I went through it myself. Um, and I, you know, this is just how God works. Like, isn't it so crazy how he can take us through something so hard and unimaginable pain and we can still look back on it and see like good come out of it. You know, he is still a good father, no matter what he is still good. Even when our circumstances are not, even when our heart is broken he is still good. And that is not to say like, you know, I'm just negating your, your pain or your grief or whatever. Like we're not ignoring that. Right. I think, um, God is a very personal God and he cares about our pain and your heart. And, um, that's kind of just what I want to talk about, like how, um, I've navigated these seasons year after year and how even still now, I mean, we're in full blown toddlerhood days over here, y'all. And (laughs) every day is a circus, but we are having so much fun. Um, but this kind of just got on my heart. It's almost like every year when this ho- when the season starts, it usually starts around um, Halloween, right? Because that's usually a very like kid centric holiday, and it's just a reminder to me. Even now, as I walk through these days with my children, and we get to do all of these activities and all the fun things that I long to do for years, um, we are living those days that we prayed for, and there's still a piece of my heart that just I wish I could go back to. I'm going to try not to cry, (laughs) but I wish I could go back to Jana, you know, seven years ago and just hug her and tell her like, just hold on. Oh my goodness. I didn't expect to cry. I'm sorry. Um, but, oh, forgive me y'all. So sorry. Okay. Uh, so I'm just kind of, kind of talk about like things that I wish I could have told myself or, um, you know, ways that we could love on one another and stuff like that. Um, but as I said, this usually amps up around Halloween just because it's very kid-centric time. Well, truth be told, if you've gone through like child loss or um, infertility or anything like that, I feel like it's not necessarily seasonal, but there are very, very, very specific times where it is 
emotions are even more high. Like for me, it was always when school started back because everybody and their mama is literally posting pictures of their kids all over Facebook. Um, and that's okay. I want you to love your children and celebrate them and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's just a hard season for someone who is longing for that. Um, so it was, for me, it was like back to school time. And then of course, like the Halloween, Thanksgiving, especially Christmas and, uh, Mother's Day were really, really hard times for me. Mother's Day, that's obvious. Like, I mean, that's a given, you know, um, I will never forget. This is off topic. Sorry. Um, but this ties into what I'm going to talk about later. Like how can we love on people going through grief and hard times and stuff? My friend Haley, if you're listening to this, Haley, I love you so much. And I will never forget this. I don't even remember what year it was, but it was before my daughter was born. She had flowers delivered to me on mother's day one year. Um, and it was just, I mean, that is a tangible way to love on somebody y'all like to, I felt so seen and just, just loved. I don't know. I just, I remember messaging her and I was like, thank you so much for being in the hands and feet of Jesus because like you have no idea how much I needed that. So, um, oh my goodness. I don't mean to cry and turn this into a dear diary thing, but, uh, okay. Moving right along because I'm going to cry if I continue talking about that. But I just kind of wanted to share like, um, things that I've gone through in these seasons and just good reminders for all of us as we were either we're the one having the hard time or, someone else in our life because the holidays are beautiful, but they can also bring a lot of, um, sorrow and pain and all of that. So, um, one thing about it that I think has always been so hard is, um, because everybody is, you know, joyful and celebrating and all of that kind of, um, thing, it feels like you're isolated because, um, everybody else's world is still spinning. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, um, everything's rocking and rolling and they're not missing a beat and you're just it's not even like that you're envious of them it's like you're well I'm saying you're but I mean me these are things that I felt I was envious that I had to feel that pain um and this is getting real vulnerable I didn't expect this either but I just I wish that I didn't have to feel that sorrow it's not that I wanted other people to have to feel it too I did not wish bad on anybody but I just it felt too much to bear and I just couldn't do it. And I'll never forget. Um, like I said, we've lost eight babies and I mean, you can just imagine the dumpster fire that I was off and on throughout that journey and my husband too. I mean, it was very hard, um, for both of us to say the least. That is like 15 other podcast episodes at least. But, um, I remember one of the things that I did that kind of carried me through specifically because I wanted to learn how to navigate grief, um, from a biblical perspective. I wanted to know, I knew because, you know, we read the scriptures and we know God and we know like you can walk through anything and still glorify him in it. But I didn't know what that practically looked like. Like I wanted to know, um, how do I do this? Because I do want to honor God in my pain. Right. And I do want to, I don't want to blaspheme his name and I don't want to, um, be mad at him because I am hurting so bad. So, uh, not to sound super melodramatic or anything, but there have been many times where I've read through the book of Job. Um, because yeah, I just wanted to know what it looked like to grieve biblically. Everybody knows the story of Job. He lost everything that, I mean, everything that you can imagine, his family, his home, his animals, his land, his livelihood, his, um, status in society, his health, like he lost everything. Um, And reading through the book of Job, it wasn't until I, like, finally, I sat down and read it for myself, and I really learned, like, I guess I was looking for, like, 
it's okay to take that vulnerable pain to God, you know, like, because I think a lot of us just have this idea, whether we're told this in church or told this from, um, unbiblical friends or whatever, like friends who are well, they mean well, they really do mean well, but, um, you know, it's like, it's very easy for us to get this idea that we can't, um, take our pain to God. Um, and that's just not true. Like, first of all, God created you. He knows every single hair on your body, every thought in your mind, everything in your heart anyways. So why not take it to him? Like, I don't know. For me, when I read Job and I was like, oh, Job really did just tell God how he felt. And I'm not saying like be disrespectful to God and tell him <laughs> like, who are we to be disrespectful to God, you know? And that's kind of how Job uh, ends, you know, before everything's restored. God says like, who are you to question me? Um, but I just think for me, it was so good for me to see like, oh, like it is okay for me to take this to God, for me to tell him how bad I'm hurting. Um, and there were many days that I would pray like, God, you know, if we never get to hold a baby this side of heaven, like, please help me to be okay with that. And no matter what, even though I don't see it right now, even though I don't understand why, or because at one point it felt like we were just being punked, right? Like, um, miscarriage. So like one in every four people that, you know, statistically have had, well, one in every four women, let me make this correct because we don't believe men can have babies on this podcast. Um, <laughs> one in every four women that, you know, have had a miscarriage. One in every eight couples goes through infertility statistically. And Lord knows what those statistics are now. Like, I feel like it's going to just get worse and worse every year. But, um, so a lot of people that, you know, miscarriage is common, but that doesn't mean that we should just act like it doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? Just because a lot of people have experienced something doesn't negate the value of my baby's life. Oh, we can have a whole sermon on that. Okay. But, um, oh, I totally lost my train of thought now. Okay. Now I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say, even in that pain and when my heart and my mind didn't align, um, I still would try to like throw myself into the scriptures and, um, preach this gospel to myself every single day, go to God's word, like just meditate on it because our feelings are not reliable. They're not trustworthy. Right. Um, so I had to go to what I know and that is God's word because it never changes. He never changes. So even when I didn't feel it, I would pray, I would say, God, Whatever happens at the end of this, if we never get to hold a baby this side of heaven, will you please just use us? Like, use our story for your glory. I know that sounds cliche because it rhymes, but (laughs) there were so many times I prayed that, y'all, and I didn't mean it. My heart did not feel that. But you know what? I kept on praying it, and I kept on praying it because I knew that God would not leave us. And I know that he is sovereign and I knew that he would be glorified. Um, and I just, so I just basically prayed that, prayed that until I felt like it. Um, so that is one piece of advice that I can tell you is just to know, like, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your circumstances are, um, that God is still good and that he can still be glorified in it. And even when you don't feel it, even when you are like just at the lowest of the lows, you can still go to him like that is okay. Be raw and vulnerable and um, he can handle it. I mean, he is a big God, you know, like don't be disrespectful. I'm not saying that. Please don't hear me say that. But because um, I've, I, 
you know, for a long time, I kind of thought like, it's not okay to ask God, like, why am I going through this or whatever? And the more I studied scripture, like David, study David, study Job, study, there are so many people in the Bible that have been through terrible things. And they asked God why, not in a like condescending, like how, how dare you, who are you kind of way, but like genuinely like, you know, Lord, I can't do this on my own. Why is this happening? Please help me. Please walk through this with me. Um, I don't know. That was just a big one for me to like throw myself in the scripture and to know that it was okay to be real with God. Okay. Another thing is I just wanted to read two like examples of this kind of one. I will never forget the first time I ever read Psalm 13. Um, and it was David pleading to God. Um, in my Bible, the tiding of it just says a plea for deliverance, but listen to these words, y'all listen. Like I, I can still remember it like it was yesterday when I first read this. This is Psalm 13, verse 1. It says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Consider me and answer, Lord my God. Restore my brightness in my eyes. Otherwise, I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have triumphed over him, and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. I'm going to cry reading that to y'all. But even there still, he's saying, you know, no matter what, I trust you, Lord. No matter what, I will rejoice in you. No matter what. If you don't hear anything else from any podcast episode I ever do, I, I hope you hear that. No matter what, God is good. No matter what our circumstances say, we can go to him. He loves us. And no matter what, we can still praise him. He is still praiseworthy always. The other psalm that I wanted to uh, read, this is kind of like John three sixteen. I feel like everybody knows this. Um, the the Good Shepherd, um, Psalm 23. Everybody reads this. You usually think about funerals when you hear this, right? Um, but I, when I read this, I want you to think about not even like physical death, but think about like um, when you're at the lowest of lows, you know, when you're in the pits, when when you're in like... A bad, well, we would say bad. Uh, that's not the word I want to use. Like when we're in a really hard season. Okay, so think about that and think about who God is in this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Amen. I don't even know what to wrap that up with, but there I'm just saying there is no comfort. It's impossible to find comfort more comforting than God, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I hope that's what you hear. Um so I also wanted to list out just some ways that we can like, how can you help someone else? So maybe it's not you having the hard time. Um, and I'm probably going to say number one and then go on this tangent and then say number one again, because I can't keep up my numbers <laughs> when I'm on these rants. But uh, the first thing I would say, and this is any time, really, this is like just grief, help, how to love your brother and sister in Christ. Um, or if even if they're not a Christian, this is how I think we should love people in their grief. Um, number one, notice them. Because when you're going through these things, I, 
like isolation is not even the word for it. It is debilitating. And you literally feel, again, I'm saying you, but I mean me, like when I was in these seasons, um, you just feel like nobody else notices it. You know, when we lost our babies, all of them were early first trimester losses. And I can't tell you how many times I felt like nobody cared because it was an early loss. Because they would always say, you know, well, how far along were you? And I would say, you know, oh, nine weeks or whatever. And they'd say, oh, well, I had a friend that lost a baby at like 27 weeks or something. And it just, it felt like they were saying my child's life did not matter because I was early along, you know, early in pregnancy or earlier than someone else they knew. Um, and that is a whole TED talk we can talk about, about like how we view um, life and uh, life in the womb and all that kind of stuff. But that's another episode for another day. Um, but I'm just saying like, notice them and notice their pain. Don't ignore it. Like you might feel like, well, I don't want to bring it up because I don't want to make them hurt. I promise you they're already hurting. You bringing it up or like just letting them know that you're thinking of them will make them feel seen, make them feel loved, make them feel like you actually care. Um, you know, make them, if it's a lost one, a lost loved one that they're grieving, it will um, assure them that you cared about that person too. Even if you didn't know them, like you valued that life. You know what I'm saying? Um, so notice them. And with that, since we are talking about holidays, I would say just recognize the fact that the holidays are hard for some people and let that be okay. I feel like a lot of times people are like, why are you such a Grinch? Like, I will never forget. I will never forget y'all. The worst Christmas season that I've ever had personally, as far as like depression and just, I was in the pits with all of this was December of 2016. (laughs) I'm kind of like Rain Man. Like, I can remember uh, numbers and stuff. So, don't ask me how I remember all this. But I, that's just, I can't spell to save my life, but I can remember numbers. So, I remember it was 2016. Um, and we had, we were going through IVF cycles and, you know, we, we had done everything, everything. And at every juncture, we kept hitting roadblocks. And like, you know, every time we thought something would work, like every time I would get pregnant, we thought this is our bring home baby and it would be another issue. It's, it's a whole saga. But December of 2016, like all of this kind of came to a head. Here we are right at Christmas. And to me, it felt like the rest of the world expected me to put on a plaster on a smile and, and go about you know, the joy of the season and hear me when I'm saying, like, I literally just said, no matter how bad our circumstances are, there's always reason to praise God. And I stand by that. And I still felt that was like a season in my life where I prayed that prayer, you know, like I didn't feel like praying it because I was devastated, but I just kept telling myself that over and over and over again until I had that heart change. Um, and I didn't change my heart. The Lord did the Holy spirit in all of his grace and mercy. What, allowed my heart to soften and changed it. Um, but I'm going on tangents. I'm sorry. Um, if you can't tell, I'm super passionate about this. Um, because it just hurts my heart. So many people are hurting and I don't want them to feel ignored or belittled or like their pain doesn't matter. Like it matters and you can take it to God. And as your loved one, I see, I see you, I see that in you and I'm here for you. Um, so let them have their pain. And if they are having a hard time, don't assume that they're just a Grinch. Like, (laughs) oh goodness, broaden your horizon a little bit. Just, you know, like, I, I feel like that's an ego thing too. Like we need to take ourselves, ourselves down a little bit and try to put ourselves on their, um, in their shoes for just a minute and just 
see their pain and, um, I don't know, love them with those eyes. So, um, the next thing I have written down is let them grieve. And I don't mean from a distance. (laughs) So that kind of goes along with like noticing their pain and be okay with that. Let them grieve. Like grief comes in waves. It is an, it is an up and down crazy roller coaster ride. One minute you're happy, one minute you're sad, one minute you're angry, one minute you're like in denial that you're even going through all this. Um, And it doesn't matter if it's been a week since you lost that person or had that terrible thing happen or six years. Like these things can come back with a vengeance sometimes. Um, This is my plug for therapy. Find you a good Christian, biblically sound therapist and go to therapy. It has helped me tremendously. Um, But yeah, let them grieve. Walk with them through that though. Like, don't just say, oh, you know, I'm here for you if you need anything or whatever. Like sometimes you have to make a tangible effort to love on someone to, because they don't want to be a burden. They already feel like everybody thinks they're the Grinch and, you know, they don't want to be a burden. Um, so let them grieve and walk through them with it. You know, like back to the whole thing in Job, when his friends first showed up, they sat there in silence with him. I can't remember how many days right now because it's been a while since I read the story, but um, they sat with him in silence. And I, I remember reading that thinking, I wish people would do that for me. I wish they would just come. I'm going to cry if I talk about this, but <laughs> I wish people would come and just sit with me and let me cry. Let me be in my mess and, and just cry with me and not try to fix it. Our human nature is to try to fix it. We want to put band-aid statements. We want to say, well, God won't give you nothing you can't handle, which is a crock of horse poop. Do not tell people that. Okay. This is, if you don't get nothing else from this podcast, get that. The first thing I said to <laughs> take away and this. That is not biblical. It's just not. Stop telling people that. Um, There are all kinds of things that we can't handle. That It should magnify our need for God. We can't handle it by ourselves. We need him. Um, Okay, moving along because I feel like I'm ranting. Uh, Encourage them with scripture. Um, So this also, like I said earlier, like when I knew, I, I felt like a mess, right? So I would go to scripture. I would go to God and I would dwell on the things that I know. And the only thing I know for sure, for certain, that will never change is him and his word. So I would encourage them with scripture regardless of whether if you believe that they are a Christian or not, like encourage them with scripture because you're, we can still plant seeds and I'm not just even talking about like from a salvation standpoint, but we can still plant seeds, um, in people's lives that the Holy spirit can grow and nurture and stuff like that. So encourage them with scripture because that's the only true solid thing. Anyways, a very tangible, very, um, very like, I guess, common way to love on people in all this is to make them food. Like, um, and I have a lot of thoughts about this too. Cause you know, like when someone dies, like right there in the moment, everybody comes and shows up, right? They bring, I mean, I'm from the South and everybody brings uh fried chicken and mac and cheese and all that kind of stuff. You feed them, right? That's how you love people in the South. you you give them food. Another tip for that is if you know a bunch of people are going over there, take them, somebody please take a, like a Sam's pack of a toilet paper and some trash bags too, because they need all that. They got a hundred people over there. Um, but don't forget like, you know, in a week or so, um, everything is going to go back to quote unquote normal for everybody else. Um, except for that person, like that person that that loss hit the closest. Um, it's going to take a long time before they feel even semi-normal again. So as the rest of the world has like gone back and doing their thing, um, 
again, they will feel super isolated and super unseen. So I just love that. I think it's a great, even if it's not like a big grief thing, I just, food is a love language, y'all. Like if you have a neighbor that is sick or having a hard time or, um, you know, a mom of young kids and the kids are sick, take them some food. I can't tell you how many times, like, that has just been such a blessing for so many people that I know do that. Um, always you can send them a card. I feel like, um, that's even more special now because all of us are on social media and on our phones and, you know, it takes two seconds to do a text, send a text or, you know, a Facebook message or whatever. Um, but to take the time to actually physically write them a card and send to it, send to them just it doesn't even have to say like all these words of wisdom. It just can say, Hey, I love you. And, you know, I know you're hurting right now and I just want you to know I'm here. Um, I'm praying for you, blah, 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 whatever. It would be super, super helpful. Um, the last thing I have written down is just to remember that, and this is specifically talking to Christians, um, we are to do life together. You know, like if one part of the body is affected, the whole body is affected and we are to walk through pain and sorrow and joy, um, and all the things good and bad together. So just remember that, um, I hope. I hope I wasn't all over the place for y'all, but I did get a little fired up. But um, this is just something that's such a big topic to me because, like I said, it just every year it's like a vicious cycle. It comes around. And I remember uh, last week, when was Thanksgiving? A week and a half ago. I remember, like, I just got this little tingle in my heart. And I was like, oh, I remember, you know, Thanksgiving seven years ago, I was sad because all I could think about was, you know, how many of our, how old our children would be now. And, um, how many of them would be here and it should be way more chaotic than it is now. And, um, you know, and then the holiday pregnancy announcements, this is specifically for people that are going through, you know, longing for a child or whatever, but, um, they know that the holiday pregnancy announcements are going to come. Um, so just be mindful about that too. If you have someone in your family that's going through, um, miscarriage or loss or, you know, infertility or anything like that, and you're about to spring on the whole family that you're pregnant at the holiday gathering, please tell that person privately before. Like, don't surprise them with the pregnancy announcement. Um, It's just, it, it's hard. It's not that they're not happy for you. Like, it's not them being selfish. It, it's just salt in a wound, and it's really, really hard to process. So you can simultaneously be so sorrowful um, and so filled with joy for someone else at the same time. Um, So just that was my, I guess my last tip, but yeah, I pray that y'all have a good, uh, holiday season. We've made it through Thanksgiving. Now it's going to be new year's before we know it, but for everybody, December is just crazy. There are so many events and so many, uh, celebrations and it is a lot of fun, but I just pray that you'll be mindful of the people in your life that you can maybe show a little bit of love to who might be having a hard time this season. Um, and with that, I thank you for listening in and I will see you next week, sister.